Good morning. How many are super excited that you're here today? How many love your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? How many love your church family? How many love your city? Y'all doing good. Y'all doing good. We have a little cheerleading session this morning. How many love LSU? What about that, huh? Made Alabama pick their head up. They're like, whoa, whoa. The old, the old Cajun guy bringing it on and great leadership. And so we're excited. We're excited. I was glad to see him win. I was glad to see him win big. I can't wait for, uh, if y'all see John Wonder Jim, just tell him how great LSU is. He's a dog fan. Make sure he knows. And so uh, it was great, great. Listen, I'm looking forward to, we're almost there. We're just a few weeks away from our Thanksgiving offering. And I know you've been praying into that, what God wants you to give for that offering. And we have a big goal of $50,000. But I just want you to continue to pray into that because it's going to fund our missions throughout the year. And I know we probably, this is our first year, so you haven't had a long time to prepare for that. But when you give this year, you're going to be thinking about next year. And so what you can put aside and save for the kingdom of God. And so we'll be looking forward to that. So that'll be the first Sunday in November. And... Um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. I'm, I'm just going to kind of teach this morning on something that's just burning, burning, burning in my heart. I'm really going to pick up from where uh, Michael left off last week, and I'm going to talk about a few things about uh, your, your life and your person uh, who God created you to be and, and how you can develop to become everything that God wants you to be. And, and you know I've said this a million times, and I'm going to keep saying it. You didn't get on this planet by accident. You know, God didn't just drop you here on this planet for no purpose, but God put you here. And he has a very incredible plan and purpose for your life. And uh, I think sometimes we hear that and, and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And we just start doing life and life gets, we get caught up in life. And, uh, you know, Monday morning shows up and we all go to work and, and we have kids and we have grandkids and we have all of these things going on in life. I was talking to a banker this week, and, uh, and she pointed out something very, very, uh, I started to say very interesting, very cool, but very real. Um, we were talking about growing up in church. How many grew up in church? How many of y'all grew up in church? Raise your hand if you grew up in church. How, how, many, how many that are over, well, you might not want to tell your age, but you're, you have a little season on your life, and you grew up in church, you'll know what I'm talking about is that, you know, church on Sunday was a big event. How many remember going to church? How many remember went to Sunday school, then you went to church, then you went home, and you ate lunch, and you took a power nap, then you went to choir practice at 4, then you went to church at 6, and you got out at 10. How many remember that? How many remember that? Wow. You know, and we was like... You know, somebody asked me, says, Pastor, how in the world are you going to do Mandeville campus if once you get that up and running and do that on Sunday night? I was like, what are you talking about? I grew up going to church all day on Sunday. Ain't no big deal. Nothing but a thing. And uh, so, um, but I do understand that there's a difference. And this is what she was pointing out is that when we were kids growing up, there was nothing open on Sunday. How many remember there was nothing open on Sunday? The grocery store is what I'm telling my age. Like some of y'all are like, what? 
There was a day when the grocery store went on. Yeah, there was a few gas stations open, and you couldn't get cigarettes or beer there. No, sir, that was locked up, man. And, uh, and you just couldn't do that on Sunday, and, and the place was pretty much, you know, you'd drive by a few restaurants open. But for the most part, for the most part, things were closed on Sunday, closed on Sunday, and you put a roast in the oven, and it was cooking while you were in church because you didn't have much time to eat. Are y'all with me this morning? All right. But it's not that way today. It's not that way today. Our lives are just got, we got so many things we can do on Sunday. We can go to the river. We can go hang out. We can go to ball games. We can go to festivals. We got just a ton of things to do. And our life, our life is just filled with all kinds of activities. And not that any of those particular things are wrong, but in those things, we sometimes we just get lost in the day-to-day life. And we forget that God put us on this earth for purpose. And I'm going to say this right from the get-go, is that a lot of times when we heard a message like I'm going to teach today, is that we think, well, pastor's trying to get us to go to work at the church. He's trying to get us to go to work at the church. And I want you to clear your mind out of that right now. And I want you to think God has created me for purpose that is bigger than Sunday morning church. That's bigger than Sunday morning church. And that I can that I can do in my life that's going to add value to who I'm created to be. If you were here last week, you heard Michael speak, and one of the most powerful things he said the entire week for me is he talked about us raising our kids, and we tell our kids to come and and wash the dishes and vacuum the floors. How many have your kids washing the dishes, vacuuming the floors, and and doing that sort of thing? And uh, it's, I have, well, Heidi's not here, but she's here, but she's not in the room. And she always says, Dad always, he's lazy. He sits in his chair and, and his recliner and tells me to come get his plate. He's lazy. And uh, he, he just don't want to get up and do it himself, you know. But Michael made a comment about that that was so powerful that really touched my heart. Is that he said, we're not we're having them wash the dishes for us we're having them wash the dishes for them. Because if they don't learn that they, that how to do life, they will grow up without the ability to fulfill the purpose and plan that God has for their life. Right. So after that, next week, I had Hannah and Heidi washing the dishes, cleaning them, and I took a picture and sent it to Michael and said, raising up some leaders right here. <laughs> raising up some leaders. Raising up some leaders. So I want to talk to you today about who God created you to be and helping you to find your God-given destiny for your life and your purpose for life. And so, uh, you know, this is not a recruiting program, but this is helping you come and reach the highest calling that God has on your life. So I'm just going to say at the outset Oftentimes we dismiss that because we don't really see ourselves with a high calling. Can I pray over you right now? Can I ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, I just want to erase all the church stuff out of our brain. And I want us to stand before you this morning and just see the Lord high and lifted up. The great God who created all the universe, who spoke this world into existence, but yet... He breathed life into me. And that life he breathed into me was the life of purpose. 
the life of purpose. And so, Lord, I just want you today to speak to our purpose, speak to our calling, speak to our hearts today as you desire to see us reach our destiny and you get your full reward. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. He predestined us for adoption to himself to be sons and daughters through the Lord Jesus Christ. According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through the blood and forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in the heavens and things on the earth. Everybody say things in the heavens and the things on the earth. In him we have obtained all inheritance and have been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. According to the counsel of his will. As sons and daughters, God has a planned, predestined purpose for our life. I've spoken on this many times when we walk through life, sometimes feeling aimless and not knowing where we're going. But the truth of the matter is, that is not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life, he's already predestined an incredible destiny for your life. But you have to step into the will and the purpose of God. And I left something very important out this morning. I got in a hurry this morning. Um, and I want somebody to go get it for me. It's in my truck, so you'll have to have my keys. And so my wife will go do it. I have something I want to give you before you leave today. Um, but I'm going to hand out to you uh, some little pieces of a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle. And I meant to hand them out this morning at the door, but I got a little sidetracked. Because every person in this place today may be the little piece that God has to finish the picture that he has for all mankind. You have to understand that when you don't step into the purpose of the kingdom, it affects the whole because your destiny has a place in the big picture. Does that make sense to you? And so God has a plan for your life. And oftentimes we just try to, we think, we're, well, what is God's plan? What is God's will? What does God want to do with me? I'm going to help you with that today. We're thankful for the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, the redemption that he redeemed us from our sins and that he set us apart. But he did not just save us, but he brought us into the family and he made us sons and daughters. I want to pause there for a moment because I want you to understand how powerful it is to be a part of the family of God. 
It's not just I'm going to get to go to heaven one day or I'm going to get to escape hell. I'm going to get to live in this abundant life of the whole body of Christ. Today, this Sunday morning, as you sit here today, all across the world, the body of Christ is working and doing His will. And you're connected to a much bigger thing than what you see or what you touch or what you hear on a Sunday morning. You're, you're connected to something that's much larger. And, and when we think about the body of Christ, oftentimes we just think about even we narrow it down just to the focus of what's in our service on Sunday morning. Or what, who are the people that we run with or our little group of people that we hang out with. But the body of Christ is so big and so vast and so incredible and then when you look at that, you think how huge it is. But then I want you to think about your part in that. Because I want you to think today about what is the focus that God has for me in this big picture. And this big thing that he has for all creation throughout generations. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But it, it, this is the now generation or the now time for you to be a part of what God created you to do. So I believe we're entering into a season of kingdom reformation where the believers will be empowered to walk in their calling and their gifting. I believe that every person in this place, in this kingdom reformation, is going to walk into the high calling, into the high purpose of Jesus Christ and what he called you to do and what he called you to be. And, and I'm just going to pause here for a moment because so oftentimes we look at church as this big corporate thing that we that that's just a big pyramid a corporate thing and and we see it in that way and and we kind of see it as a as the corporate model of, of of church but that's not what god has in mind for us god has in mind for us as each individual being a part of the purpose and the calling they were created to do to be fully equipped to walk in the purpose of god for their life and so it's not just a few handful of people at the top that's going to do the kingdom of God. It's every one of us together serving together to do the purpose in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so oftentimes we look at the people like the pastor or, or the leadership of the church or maybe those that are on stage on Sunday morning. And we say those are the people that do the kingdom of God. And we come and we are spectators. Listen, I want to knock that right out today. That God has not called you to be a, this is not a spectator sport. This is a thing that we get involved in and we're all called to do a part of. And it's so important because this is not about you serving. This is about you fulfilling your destiny. How many seen the clip of uh, Drew Brees uh, in his little uh, clip that was out this week on Facebook and he was talking about identity? Did anybody watch that? I should have played it this morning. It was so good. I think I'll play it next service since I only got two. I figured everybody had seen it. But Drew Brees was talking about how your identity, so many of these football players, they, they play football, and then when they get old and retired and they're all beat up, they just, they just kind of fall away because their identity was all in football and, and, in, and the game that they played. And he was talking about my identity is not in football. My identity is in Jesus Christ. And my identity is in my walk with God because when football is over, my Christianity remains. Come on. And we can't let what we do be our identity. We got to let who we are be our identity. Are you with me this morning? We got to let who we are be the purpose for living, not what we do. Because in life is going to have changing things. There's things that are going to happen in life that are going to change. Situations are going to change. People are going to come. People are going to go. Babies are going to be born. People are going to die. All of this is going to happen around us. We're going to have new presidents, and we're going to have new congressmen, and we're going to have new leaders, and all of these things that are shifting and changing around us. 
But the truth of the matter is, is if we let all of those things determine who we are and our success story of what we did yesterday. Well, I just want to preach a little bit this morning. <laughs> Sometimes we let our past victories be the only thing that we live for. Let me tell you something. God does not want you to live always on your past victories. He wants you to look to the future and see the goodness of God that is coming to your life, not just what has already come to your life. Now, we use the past victories as a stepping stone to our future, but we don't live in our past and think, well, that was a great time and that was a great season of life. And I remember when we look to the future and know that our purpose and our calling is still ahead of us and that we're and our identity is in Christ Jesus. Y'all can pass those out while I preach this fire. And so we're, we're knowing that God is well able to do more than we can even ask or think. Look at your neighbor and say, you think way too small. You think way too small. You're thinking way too small. God's got something really big for you. God's got something really great for you. And he believes in you. And, he's, and, he's, and he wants to see you fulfill your destiny. So I believe we're coming into this season when every gift, every gift and every purpose will be fulfilled. So we're bringing heaven to earth. When in times past, our focus was on the need of the church. I want you to hear this. Where in times past, our focus was on the need of the church. And the, but really what we should be focused on is the greater purpose of the kingdom. I want you to see the difference in those. In times past, maybe we focused on our need of the church, but God wants our focus to be on the greater things of the kingdom. If you're over uh, 40 and you've been around for a little while, you probably know how to do church well. Amen? You know how to do church well. And to do church well sometimes can be the very thing that stops you from doing the purpose of God. Oh, I'm preaching better than your amen. So doing church well can stop you from fulfilling the purpose of God because you'll get, just say, well, I do church well. I go to church well. I, I give tithes well. I show up for this well. But there's something greater in your life than just doing that. And, and, and look, listen, don't misunderstand me. I love, I can't wait for Sunday mornings. I can't wait to, whether I'm preaching or someone else is preaching or whatever. I love Sunday mornings. And I love what we do on Sunday mornings, but I'm just going to tell you, you can do church well and miss the greater purpose of the kingdom. I want us to shift our focus from doing church well to doing the greater purpose of the kingdom. Doing church well to shifting our purpose to doing the greater work of the kingdom. I was Ashley, I was watching, and I love to watch Ashley. You ever watch Ashley on her little, what do you call that, oily? Greasy something, I don't know what it's called. But it's powerful. I love to watch Ashley on there. Because you know what I'm thinking about when I'm watching Ashley do that? She's got people that are in, in Europe. She's got people that are everywhere. And so her little speech that goes out that's always exciting and fun. And, you know, and I usually watch all of it to the end. And really because I like to watch Ashley because she's so expressive and so fun. And she's so real. And so, but when you, when you, when, when, when you think about that, your, your little, your, your Facebook post is going to the whole world. It's not just a small group of people. 
And how we can think about corporate, we go to the world, we go to everywhere, but when we think about church, we go, and shrink it down. We think about church, we think about, well, John Doe will be there Sunday, and Susie will be there, and we can shake hands, and we can have dinner on the ground, and we can all meet together. And we shrink the kingdom of God down instead of saying, God, look how big you are. Are y'all with me this morning? Are y'all with me? And so here's what I help you with this morning. You may think, you may think that your little piece of the puzzle doesn't count. But I've come to help you today to understand that what you do matters to the world. Let's just give a little praise break right here. Come on. Let's give God a little shout of praise. So the church is the byproduct of every believer walking in his and her calling. Then the church will infect the entire earth. When the church is the byproduct of everyone walking in their calling, then the church will affect the whole earth. That's a whole lot different than the church is the answer. We're saying I am the answer and God's called me for this purpose. And because I fulfill what God's called me to do, then I am a part of the church that affects the whole world. So everyone has a purpose. And we're like putting that puzzle together with every little piece that completes the big picture. So how do I know what my purpose is? I want to give you some keys this morning to bringing the purpose of what God created you for. But first, we have to change some paradigms of how we see the church. Everyone is called and we are included and every believer is needed to bring the kingdom to its fullest potential. First Corinthians 12 says this, for just as one body is one and has many members and all the members of the body through many are, many, are one body. So that is with Christ for in one spirit, we were baptized into one body. Jews and Greeks, slaves are free and we are all made to drink of one spirit. He brought us all together as one body through the work of the Holy Spirit so that we could understand the greatness of the whole. Every gift is given. Not, it's not about titles. It's not about position. But it's more about function and fruit. Amen. Now, we're good about that around this house. I would say that we're not big on titles and and positions, and we really love the team approach to doing Jesus. And, 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 but it's more about functionality and fruit. So I'm going to get some help this morning. Matthew, would you come up here and help me? Audrey, would you come help me? Alejandro, would you come help me? Now, I'm going to mix this up a little bit. Would you come help me, please, Ricky? So I'm going to talk just for a few minutes, and I'm not going to be long on this, but I'm going to talk about, Angel, come help me. I'm missing one of the five-fold here. It's a four-fold. <laughs> so the Scripture tells us in Ephesians 4 that God created the apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. I want to put you in your right order. So uh, for, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Oftentimes, we look at the fivefold ministry as the, you know, as the, the church as a whole. This is the church, and then we come to church, and we watch the fivefold ministry. You know, so 
Ricky, preach a little bit. You know, Ollie, do your thing. Hey, you need to go evangelize. You know, you need to do the work of the prophet. You need to do the work of the apostle. And we're just going to watch y'all burn. Awesome. And y'all are amazing. And this is really about how it feels at the end. Because we're looking for them to do something for us that they cannot do for us that we have to do for ourselves. But this is how it works. And so in the big picture of things, that God uses the prophet and the apostle, which is the foundation of all these things. He uses the apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, and evangelist to do what? To equip every saint to fulfill their destiny. Now, how does that look different than the modern day church? That looks completely different because now we're saying, hey, listen, God's called you for something, so I'm going to link you up with your calling. I'm going to link you up with your calling, and I'm going to put you with your, this person, and they're going to equip you so that you can do what? You can, do, you can equip others. Now we're seeing the picture. And so that we can go into all the world and do what God has called us to do. And this method of equipping changes our perspective because now I'm not a spectator, but I am a participator in what God has called me to do. And you say, well, I'm not a prophet and I'm not an evangelist and I'm not a teacher. I'm just telling you that all of us fit somewhere into the fivefold ministry. And I don't have time today to explain these in detail, but I'm going to at some point get a little deeper in this fivefold ministry so you know how it looks. So I, here's what I want to do, though, today. I want us to get us to see, to have the ability to see that God is moving us from Sunday morning saints to equip people of the kingdom of God to change the world. Are y'all with me this morning? Are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? Thank you, guys. You did good. So we're brought together for the body of the work of the Holy Spirit to fulfill all that God has called us to do. Ephesians 4, 16. So from whom the whole body is joined... And held together every joint with which is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When the kingdom of God is equipped, guess what it does? It grows. And it builds itself up in love. I am uh, 55 years old. I've been in ministry 33 years I've been to every conference known to man. I've been to every, I've listened to every program. I've read lots of books. And we do lots of things. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying, really, when you, the Word of God really gives us the plan. And really, to simplify this plan is, Vicki, you were born for something great. And all you need to do is be equipped so that you can fulfill the destiny that God has for you. Now, if my calling was to be a doctor, it would be very logical for me to go to school and learn how to be a doctor. Now, I might think I'm a doctor, and, and I could say, hey, look, I'm a doctor, so come see me. I'm going to do surgery on you. And you would want to know, where, am I, where is your credentials before you take the knife to me? I'd like to know where you learn how to do this doctoring thing. I'm going to build you a house. Well, I'm going to design a house for you. Well, where did you learn how to do that? Oh, I just made it up in my head. 
your house might fall. <laughs> We're equipped to do all of the stuff in the earth that's in the natural realm. But then as the kingdom of God, we seem to be just okay, just winging it. Oh, man. Are y'all with me this morning? Because I'm feeling this like all the way to my toes. And we just wing the kingdom of God, and we put all of our interest in learning how to do the things, the, the, the secular world, which is okay. we got to get through life. There's got to be doctors and nurses and all those things and engineers. But, but at the end of the day, those things are very temporal, and what we're doing in the kingdom of God is eternal. And if there ever was a time that the church needed to be equipped to fulfill the purpose of God in their life, it's now. That we can fulfill and be a part of the destiny that God has called us into. All right, I got three points and I'm going to let you go. Everyone wants to be a part of a healthy community. You got to listen to this. But for that to happen, we have to recognize, you have to recognize your responsibility of having a healthy community. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get really, really plain right here, okay? This is not, this is probably what most pastors would say. This is probably not pastorship 101 I'm just going to use here. This is Marvin. Everybody wants to have a healthy community. Like, man, I need, I need a healthy community, but you want someone to give it to you. You know healthy communities are not given to you? It takes this four-letter word that we all don't like. W work. How many married folks in here today? How many, how many can say some days it's just work? Come on. Come on. Right. Raise your hand. Say, right. It's work. How many, how, how, you, how many of you know that if you don't work at it, it don't work? It don't work. How, how many just have friends in the world? You're, you're a friendly person. You have friends. That takes work. It takes work. How many has kids? That takes work times 10 work. It's work. And for some reason, we've gotten to the church and we think when we hear the word work, it's like a dirty word. And everything in our life is work. Jesus said this, a man that put his hand to the plow and turned back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I've never plowed in my life. But I've heard about it, <laughs> and it sounds like work to me, all right? Maybe that's what we should do next Sunday is we should just plow this field up over here and everybody get a turn with an old mule, and we might understand a little better what he's saying. But it's work. It's work. And so we come to the church, though. The church, the American church, the modern-day church, don't want to work. They want to be served. Like, we just want to come, and you give us Jesus, and you give us a hallelujah, and you have a great worship set, and we all feel good, and then we get out in very short order, and we go on our week, and we think about God at 745 on Saturday night, because we're getting clothes ready for church. And here's the bad part about that is, is you're missing out on what God created you to do and the kingdom of God operating in your life to its fullest potential. And so for us to have healthy community, it takes us putting a little effort forth to be equipped 
for the purpose that God's called us into. And to have a growing, healthy church is going to take for us to say, you know what? I'm going to give God not my leftovers, but I'm going to give God my first. Yes. <laughs> Amen? I know that's good. I only have one person say it, but it's good. <laughs> Number one. So we need to increase our ability to hear the Father's heart. And how do we do that? We spend time with the Lord. We spend time with the Lord. Often we find our lives so busy that we don't have quality time in prayer or in the Word. And we live for the Sunday service like fast food like a drive-through Christianity, never having good, healthy diet of daily devotion. Now, I'm not talking about salvation here. I'm talking about fulfillment and purpose of the kingdom of God. You know that I can probably live most of my life eating McDonald's food, contrary to what everybody says. But I'm not going to have a very quality of life. I, I, I might can live to be 70 or 80 years old. I've heard people say, well, bless God, my grandma, she smoked cigarettes till she was 105 and she lived. But she was coughing the whole time and coughing up a lung. So it's not what I can do, it's what I should do. How many of there's a difference of what you can do and what you should do? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm looking like a... Uh, amen, come on, Pastor. I feel a little pressure this morning. Hey, this is not about me, and this is not about the harbor. This is about you. This is about you being everything that God's called you to be. This is about you being the healthy person that God's called you to be. And when Sunday morning you just come by and get you a little chicken nugget. <laughs> but God wants you to sit at the table every day and like, man, oh, by the way, thanks for my... My, my grill that y'all bought me for my, for my birthday, I cooked some ribeyes on that thing. Whoo, hallelujah. <laughs> that was so good. And I'd rather have that than a chicken nugget any day. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? But when we live our Christianity like chicken nuggets, like McDonald's, the outcome of our life is going to be sluggish. But when we take time to clear some things off of I look, I know what busyness is. I know what busyness is. I mean, this week has been crazy busy. And I'm looking at next week's calendar already, and it's already crazy busy. But if I don't prioritize and put some time for devotion where I can cook up, cook up a good hot meal with the Lord, you know what? I, I may get to heaven on chicken nuggets, but I'm not going to fulfill my destiny. So I have to hear what God is speaking to me. What's God saying to me? Not what's God saying to me about you. What's God saying to me about me? Come on, that's a good word. Number two. Jesus began his ministry with something that's very powerful. And it's the opposite of chicken nuggets. It's called fasting. How many love to fast? Come on, you love to fast. I just, I just love to fast. Man, I'm just going to tell you, I'm like, Bill, I'm like Billy Cole, man. Y'all fast and pray. I'm going to feast and believe. <laughs> None of us really like to fast. But I'm going to tell you something. I've never had 
a next in my life that was that ma- that was that mattered to a whole lot without there first being a time of fasting. And the scripture doesn't say if you fast; it says when you fast. It doesn't say if you pray; it says when you pray. So it's not really a suggestion. It's saying these are the things that you need to do. In Matthew four. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I guess he was. But the Scripture also tells us that when he came out of the wilderness, he was empowered to do the thing that he was purposed to do. I'm going to help you this morning. Make time for God in your devotion. Take some time out of your life for fasting, but it's two days, three days, 30 days, 40 days. Somebody says, I can't fast 40 days. Yes, you can. When God calls you into a 40-day fast, he'll give you the strength, the grace, and the courage to do so. God calls you into those places of fasting. And fasting is simply this. It's crucifying my flesh so that my flesh doesn't speak louder than his spirit. It's just that simple. And the last thing is serving. The last thing, number three, is serving. Serving is not just doing something. Serving is the heart of the Father. And when we serve, it's like on-the-job training, and we don't simply hear, but we do. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Do it with all your might. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Now, I'm, listen, I'm not one to be critical of a young generation. I don't even think that that's wise. I don't think it's wise for us to say the millennials and the Generation X and all that. But I want to say that because of us not really being examples of that, we have a generation that may not understand the power of serving. It's not their fault. It's our fault. Because there's something powerful in serving That's the heart of the Father. And when we serve, we not only see and hear, but we do. We get to experience. When we have healthy serve opportunities and God has chosen you to serve, then you start serving your generation and help them serve the next generation and know how to serve the generations thereafter. But when we don't serve, we don't set an example Neither do we reap the benefits of having a servant's heart, which is open before God to say, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, I'm yours. And when we serve, we build healthy communities that reach each other. I just want to help you today. Heather, you can come. I just want to help you today. So much of our church life is really just inspiration and very little activation. God wants you to be more than inspired. He wants you to reach your fullest destiny, your fullest potential, the greatness of what he created you for, the purpose he put you on earth for. And all this busyness of life takes us right out of our A game and out of our purpose. And I'm just going to say it again. 
we need to stop for a moment and evaluate, evaluate what's going on in our life. The greatest church there is is a family. Your family is the greatest church. We get so busy with life. Do we really minister to our families first? We run, we go. We crash land in the evening. Coming in. We sleep for a few minutes refueling and then we're off again. And we don't really reach the destiny that God has for us or the purpose that God planned our life. But if we'll stop for a moment and do the three things I'm leaving you with today is make a time for devotion in your life. Make a time for devotion in your life. I was sharing with someone this week and they made a statement to me. Pastor, I hear what you're saying but I really don't have any more time in my day. So I just took a pencil paper out and I began to write down how many hours there are in a week. And I came up with this little equation, 54, 54, 54. We all have the same amount of time in a day. We all need sleep, we should sleep. Don't do as I do, do as I say do, sleep. We all need sleep. We all have jobs we have to go on. But there's a big chunk of our time in our life that sometimes is unaccounted for. How many of you ever just went and got cash and pulled it in your wallet and then a week later you had a couple hundred dollars but then it was just gone? And you're like, where did that hundred dollars go? How many of you ever experienced that? It's, it's different than a checkbook because a checkbook I write down where it went. Sometimes I get cash in my wallet and I, I just a little here and a little there and a, you know, a sneaker bar here and a... And then all of a sudden, chicken nugget here, chicken nugget there, here a little. And then all, all of it's gone. And I don't even know what happened to my money. I, I dare tell you that that's the same thing that happens to our time. And it leaves us because it don't take much time to spend an hour on Facebook. It, it, in a minute, an hour will pass, and you'll be like, where did that time go? Turn the TV on and get involved, and then where'd the time go? Maybe it's even work. I, I, I know there's a lot of people, you're just addicted to work. Like, you got a day off, but you find more work to do. And for somewhere in that whole thing, you start feeling complete in your ability to work. But you're leaving out your destiny. Am I making sense this morning? Is anybody with me? So I want to do more than inspire you today. I want to give you some tools that you can walk out of this place and say, Okay, God, I know there's more for me. I know there's greater purpose for me. And as long as there's breath in my lungs, I can change. I can change my direction. I, I can do more, God. I can, not, not necessarily more, but I can do what you called me to do.
And it might be less, actually. Less doing and more purpose. So that I can walk in the fullness of who you created me to be. Have y'all got that this morning? Can you stand with me?